Good evening, it's February 10th, and you're <coughs> listening to the Fringe Meta. I'm your host, Kyle Dr. K-Force Pet, and with me, as always, my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, Pete the Resting Witch Face Shepherd. Pete, how you doing? Fantastic. I have not gotten a chance to play. 6.3 came out today, and I did not mean to make that rhyme, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm psyched to get uh, maybe I'm one game actually a little disappointed. Two that you didn't continue rhyming oh well i it's not like i had anything prepared um but uh i'm really excited about it um you know there are a couple champions i really want to play and i think they're, they're going to be a lot better this season or this patch uh i'm i'm disappointed that the pros aren't going to be playing this patch on uh, uh this weekend unfortunately but um you had you had a topic you wanted to cover. I promised you I'd give you five minutes to cover it. I've got my eye on the clock. I mean, I have multiple topics I want to cover. It's outside of esports. It's outside of video games. It is. And you, you have so... five minutes to explain this to me, and then we can make fun of him together. Okay. See what you don't understand, Peter, is that mm-hmm. you will eventually one day feel this. About your League of Legends esports team. I already do. I already do. It's happened to CLG a couple, uh, several times. So... Same vicious leaving and such. Yeah, it's brutal. I had to I had to follow Curse and Gravity for years because of it, so please. <laughs> yeah, you had to suffer through Forever Fort. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh... So please, please, for, for uh, those who are uh, not in the know, this is about hockey. It's, it is about hockey. It's a sport played on ice in and Canada. So we may lose some listeners uh, when they find out the team that I'm a fan of. I am giving him a hard line on five minutes. Oh, because of the team, not how boring yeah. traditional sports are. Okay. Sorry, go on. Go on. So I'm a <coughs> Senators fan, and we just lost all the Leafs and Habs fans out there listening. Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. I'll miss you. Please come back soon. I hate all three teams. <laughs> to be fair, you hate everything. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, you do. Okay. I have an unending hatred for everything. Yep. So, yep. basically, yesterday, about 11 o'clock or so, big trade went down. Big, big trade. Mid-season. Mid-season. Prior to the trade. Prior to the trade deadline. Too. Okay. Trade deadline's not till the end of the month. Okay. And well, it's kind of. I still don't know. Like, I still can't even. I can't even. Pete. You can't I even. You, I know you don't like it when I say that, but I can't even. Like a sixteen-year-old Catholic schoolgirl, you can't even. I can't even. All right. I still don't know how to feel. So can we tell the listeners what what this trade is? I'm torn. So (laughs) the trade is essentially Ottawa is acquiring Dion Phaneuf. The captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, Ottawa's arch rivals. But they've wanted to get rid of him for a long time. They've wanted to dump his salary for a long time. He's got a rather large salary cap hit. From what I've heard, he is the most toxic post-game person in a locker room in the history of NHL. So, 
I don't believe that that's anywhere near true. All right. Well, the Leafs aren't out of the playoffs yet. And last year, this time, they were. So. Because Ottawa has a couple people who've played with Dion before. Oh, and yeah. Ottawa's general manager did his due diligence mm-hmm. from what we've heard and asked, approached those players and asked them for their opinions on Dion. And the trade still went through. So they clearly. I don't like Canada. <laughs> They're they're Canadian. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, just making sure you understand. In so, my head, in my head, I was like, Quebec's a different country. Oh God, we just lost all our French listeners. Oh no. Oh oh, oh God, Dion Phaneuf is actually from PEI. Oh yeah. God, I, I, I knew I knew I, that too. I know absolutely nothing about hockey. No, I knew oh, that God. too. Somehow I knew that too. He's not from Quebec, but his the name is French. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I have no idea about the origins of his name. Uh, I don't even care at this point. Oh, God. Sports. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> so as, the, as a Senators fan, you're and then rattled. And Ottawa got rid... There were several other pe- several other minor pieces to the deal, mm-hmm. but Ottawa got rid of Jared Cowan and, Co- and uh, <clears throat> Colin Green. So, mm-hmm. Ottawa's been... Jared Cowan's been the Senators fans' whipping boy for a while now. He showed a lot of promise early. But he got hurt, and he seems to have lost a step, um, which basically means he's slowed down a little bit. He's not playing as aggressively. And Colin Greening, we've essentially buried in the AHL, which is Farm the league? minor leagues okay, for hockey, for those baseball fans, etc., that might be out there. Um. And so it's great that we got rid of those. So that's happy. Ottawa has needed a second pairing left shot defenseman, mm-hmm. which is what Dion Phaneuf is. Uh-huh. So intellectually, I understand that this is a very good trade for Ottawa. This makes Ottawa a better team. Ottawa is a better team defensively and all of that. This is, Ottawa is a better team now. Mm-hmm. Coming off his hot streak, as uh, as as his his tenure on the Leafs, where they were the lowest scoring uh, team in NHL history. Again, the not earliest true. a team in NHL history has ever been out of playoffs running. Again, history. not true. <laughs> um, you guys acquired a great acquisition. So, does how does this work? Does he come on as captain? No. Eric Carlson is our captain. So they'll have to find a new captain for the Leafs. And yes. they'll have to and he's getting a demotion basically. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of pressure on the captain, especially mm-hmm. in a media market like Toronto. Yeah. Especially when your team's not playing well. Mm-hmm. And he's because we live close to Toronto, I tend to see more Leaf coverage than I do anything else. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you there. <clears throat> even on the national websites, it's mostly Leaf coverage. Mm-hmm. Some for some reason, I don't know why. But anyway, he was—he's kind of been miscast in Toronto. Uh yes. Yeah. He's always been a number two, three defenseman. He's never been a number one guy. They've 
they kind of made him shoulder more than his skill set enabled him to do. Then why was he captain at all? Captain has nothing to do with your skill set on the night. A captain is a leadership position. Right. A leader that's able to go into that locker room and turn things around. Right? Yes. Which he was able to do several times last season. You you realize when you're t- when there are no good players on the team who could be paying who should be playing in the NHL. Leafs management definitely effed it up. Yeah, no, I'll agree with you there. Uh. When when there's no good players in a dressing room to help turn it around, mm-hmm. you're kind of in over your head. He did the best with what he had, is what you're trying to say. I'm not it kind of. All right. There's a lot of pressure being a Leaf captain. Mm-hmm. You're compare all Leaf captains uh, are compared to players like Doug Gilmore, Wendell Clark, Matt Sundin. Like these are greatly revered players in Toronto, mm-hmm. and quite often it's I it's even hard, know some of their names. It's hard to be captain of the Leafs. I so. also know a little fact that you might not know that I know about hockey. Yes. Uh, Matt Sundin, Sundin, however you yes. pronounce that, is Sundin. not Canadian. No, he's not. He's he Swedish. is from Sweden and played against the Canadian team at uh, three or four Olympics that I saw. And yes. I was confused as to why he was playing for the other team. Congratulations, Peter. You understand how country citizenship works. I am golf clapping for myself right now because I, for the longest time... I'm actually clapping for yeah. you right now. I hope it's coming through And you know audio. what? He had very little accent when he was being interviewed in my defense, so I, I just always assumed he was Canadian. In your offense, mm-hmm. this doesn't work, but... Most Swedes actually speak exceptionally good English. I know they speak exceptionally good English. Like exceptionally still, good English. I can still tell when a Dane is speaking. It, it was a you know like a, even from Copenhagen or something like that. Like Garzma Bob, I can still tell when he's speaking English with an accent. Like it's a very the Nordic accent is very distinguishable. So. Yeah. Yes. Not not so much from Sweden. I'm talking about a Dane instead of a Swede. No, yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's the same difference. No, uh, if you Pete, you don't listen to hockey mm. interviews like I do. Yeah. So you probably don't hear a lot of Swedish people speaking English on a regular basis. Yeah. It there is very little trace of an accent. It's I don't know. I I I can tell. I can tell. Um. I am about to pull out what little hair I have left if we continue talking about hockey. Have you gotten it out of your system? Also, I'm sorry for the folks at home. We went over uh, five minutes. Uh, they can get over it. I don't really care. All right. Do you want to move on to a, a, a topic, uh, League of Legends related? Uh, not really. <sighs> not really. Not really, because I'd kind of like to talk a little bit about XCOM too. So you want to talk about XCOM first? I mean, unless you want to talk about XCOM after. Hockey and XCOM. Okay, you know what, folks? Folks, if (laughs) you want to listen to the league stuff, track ahead about 10 minutes. We're going to listen to him talk about XCOM for a little bit. No, we can talk about about XCOM later if you would like. No, I want to get it the hell out of the way, okay? No, because you want to get it the hell out of the way. We are now talking about it later. Awesome. Good. 
because uh, I think we would lose everyone there. Um, so uh, I, first topic. I disagree because XCOM is an excellent game that I feel first topic appeals to most of our audience. Announced four hours ago. You just told me about it actually, or yes, on Reddit four hours ago. Um, I'm sure it was announced about that time. Reddit's Dom- pretty quick. Dominion officially retired. Now I got to tell you, I am shocked about this because apparently it was released in. 2011 yeah so it has been out for almost five years yep and it was spring 2011 too or spring summer because i i distinctly remember so almost exactly a full five years it's fast it's fun that's where that meme is from by the way everyone who's you know got into league of legends you know anyway later um i can't believe that the game type has been around for that long eh and I got to tell you, I kind of hated that gameplay. I know you did. And I talk, we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show. I'm just going to reiterate it here. Um, I haven't gone through the entire post because obviously this was somewhat breaking news and I was focused on other things before the podcast today. But they've more or less admitted some of this with yeah. they fucked up big time with Dominion. Um, now, there are other things, uh, um, yes, uh, kits and stuff like that, champion kits, yeah, they're citing that, and the art style of the map is obviously the old school st- art style, not the new kind of Dota-esque, take it as a compliment, Riot, a style map uh, that they have on Summoner's Rift now, but honestly, it, it's mostly just a balancing issue, and that map was a disaster, and it was all the it was all the, um, the passive buff slash debuff that every hero got when they logged in every summoner got when they logged in yeah you remember that the armor pen magic pen certain amount blah 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 there was nothing to help with manage management or if there was there wasn't enough because i had trouble all the time uh ap's were useless immobile mages were useless utility classes were useless supports were useless um tanks were used like straight up tanks were useless because why do you need a tank to tank anything when there's no objective to tank it doesn't make any sense it was just running around capping points it wasn't a fun gameplay and the map wasn't asymmetrical so it was just uh you know a straight up who picked uh ramus hecarim and i'm trying to think of another third person who a third champ that was really good on that map map was a mess and it all started with those buffs they mess those buffs up so bad they should have added buffs that help like for example if they changed that uh healing reduction because i know for a fact that that was one of the the debuffs right the global debuffs they changed that to self-healing only but healing another target actually provided you with a bonus to healing just one example, in five years, they never tried that. In five years, they never tried that. We don't want the Garens of the world to just out-sustain everyone on the map. Um, but, you know, Sona and uh, Soraka are kind of useless on this map. So, what if we added a bonus to their healing, but kept the nerf on self-healing, so that you want to bring a support to the map? I'm just... You know, and, and you know what? I've been so nice to Riot lately and stuff and such like that, right? With their decision-making. And I'm about to go on a long rant later just talking about how amazing 6.3 is that just came out today, right? So I figure, you know, here's the uh, not-so-silver-lining, Riot. What the hell were you thinking? 
Your thoughts on that, please, Kyle Pett, because you have very different ideas. I mean, Dominion was trash. Come on. Admit it. Uh, Dominion was a in, an interesting concept. Interesting. There's that word, yep. And I, I'm not prepared to go as far as to say it was trash. Uh, it was an interesting concept designed to create shorter games, shorter game times. <clears throat> uh, yeah, which they've somewhat succeeded in regular Summoner's Rift now. Carrying those ideas over to Summoner's Rift, the gold flow and such like that. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on them. Maybe Dominion was a good testing ground for that sort of thing. Right? And I mean, part of the other problem is. It does take people to individually balance for these different maps. Uh-huh. And, I mean, Riot told us how many people played Dominion. Yeah. I guessed... I guessed 3.5%, by the way, for the folks at home. And, the and he is much too high. It was only 0.5. I was going to guess, like, 15%. But I guessed 3.5%, and it was still too high. And that... <laughs> <laughs> so... <clears throat> Because they're, because such a small portion of the community played it, mm-hmm. Riot never felt like they need, they should devote resources to it. Yeah. So it just kind of snowballed in on itself. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think they did wrong. Yeah. I'm kind of... <clears throat> I, I don't think the game type was inherently flawed, necessarily. Um... I think it... I think it required more time, more development time than they were willing to give it to make it a successful I definitely agree with you. And I think, you remember when it came out, we were saying the things we liked about it and such. But in that preview, it it all comes down to uh, not having a dick squad and in your testing department. Um, I should have come up with a better name off air for this before we bring it live. We've never really, we talk about this a lot, you, me, and Andy and yeah. other people. You have a team of assholes who are exploiting little jerks. Hire a bunch of 14-year-olds, I don't know, like a part-time or whatever, to send in their ideas of how to break the game. I don't know. It's not my company. And you get them to just break every single patch, break every single thing in the game, every single feature in the game. What if I do this with this? far better testing team because you remember their um their exhibition games the the day dominion came out it was this big deal and such right yeah were these well-balanced summoners rift-esque teams that it's taken them five years to actually admit that those are the roles in summoners rift and actually put a queuing system in place for those roles what i add so even though they were willing to admit back then that those were significant you know the roles of a well-balanced team um, and, uh, these well-balanced teams, and it was, you know, it looked okay when, when, when we saw the exhibition games, and then we logged in and played a couple, and it was just mobile, dashy, highly, you know, with high mobility champions just running around, not caring about, you know, high base damage champions just trouncing anyone with scaling, assassins just completely and utterly getting steamrolled, APs and people with no mobility and just high utility just sitting around doing nothing when they were by themselves. Um, game type did not work out. We can agree on that. Yeah. As to the extent of the failure, I am weighting it a lot higher. Um, 
but anyway. Um, That's Dominion. It is a little sad, because it did give us one of the best League of Legends memes of all time. It's fast. It's fun. It's fast. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> thank you, Hotshot, for that, by the way. Hotshot GG. Um, yeah, it, you know, and it's a, it's a little sad. I remember, you remember how high, like, I had really high hopes for it at the time, right? I thought, th I thought this was going to be the new game type. I was thinking, like, how are they going to have two, are they going to have two tournament brackets? You know, because this is before their pro scene really was starting to take off even, really, or, like, just at the same time, right? Like, are they going to have a bracket for Summoner's Rift and then a bracket for Dominion? Like, how are they going to balance that? Or, like, you know. Um, I really thought it was going to take off. I was really excited about it, and the gameplay just did not suit my... Uh... Anyway, um, so I told you on air I was going to surprise you with how I would think... Uh, something I think would be cool to bring this back. Yeah. Uh, you know those faction battles they used to do way, way back in the day as sort of a viral marketing thing to, you know, generate yeah. cause in the community? On uh, revamp some... Uh, not Summoner's Rift, sorry. Revamp Dominion, but make it more of a slightly asymmetrical map a Rathy basin style you know and theme it so you have uh, noxus versus damasia again you know you have these regions against each other and you have a certain amount of champions that are allowed to play uh you have exhibition games with the pros playing against them so tsm takes uh, damasia and uh, clg takes noxus <laughs> And, uh, and anyway, that would be fun. And then you roll it into a community event where the community gets to play the same. See, I think it's kind of hard to do hmm. things like that in League of Legends. It takes a lot of development time to make map. Oh, it does. This is my, like, you know, shoot for the stars kind of idea, right? So. And I don't think we're really going to see that. No, I, I doubt uh, it, too. It's what I'd hope for, though. No, yeah. they're, not, they're definitely not going to retune Dominion. Yeah. Um, basically, if they're ever if they're ever gonna do events or fun <laughs> game modes, things like Earth mode, they will they will exist on the existing maps. And I'm sure Crystal Scar will get used as one of those existing maps. Yeah. But I don't see it in one of the in like a rotating game mode queue. No. But I don't see them rebuilding Crystal Scar into an asymmetrical map. The, it, just, the, it just doesn't make sense in terms of resource allocation. Well, well just art-wise, how do you re... Uh, we, you know, how long it took to redo Summoner's Rift and all their various drafts they had to do and such? Yeah. You know, to make it fit for uh, public consumption of eSport, their eSports game, right? Like, they, they were pretty incentivized to do that. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see it ever again, to be brutally honest. Eh? Like, think about it. That's a lot of resource allocation, just to bring it up to that level, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, interesting map. I'm, You know, I, I, I actually respect them a lot. And after coming off of that, like, what the hell were they thinking, and, like, just why did it take them so long to... Come on. Those global buffs and debuffs were the key to balancing that entire map, and they barely ever tweaked them at all. Okay, um, I give them kudos for admitting the mistake and ending the game mode and killing it now, right? Um, and I'm just wondering how long it's we're going to have to wait until they do the same to Twisted Tree Line. If I know ARAM will go untouched forever as long as the game's around, right? So yeah, 
But uh, Twisted Tree Line, you know, it's kind of an annoying, snowball-y, very limited meta game type right now, at least from what I found. Um, you have one yeah. AP, you have one tank, you have one AD, and usually two tanks and then one pure damage, and that's it. That's as well, far I mean, as you they, they're already they've been balancing base to add twisted tree line for True. a while. They have actually, items. yeah, you're right. They have so actually. So I, I don't. Yeah. I think that the size of the twisted tree line queue is probably yeah healthy enough to at least support some development resources going to it. Yeah, to get some people. Um, kind of sucks too because bots, bot games on Dominion were the best way to level the thirty. Eh? If you never wanted, like, if you didn't want to just get trounced in lane in Summoner's Rift because yeah. you didn't have any runes, this is the best way to level the thirty. Apparently, so if you want to level an account, better do it in the next uh, little while, guys. <laughs> um, I think we've beaten this one just about to death, eh? Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I like I said, I kudos to them uh, for fessing up and admitting it wasn't working out and uh in spite of my rant on hating it you know i, I respect them more as a company for admitting it um bah, bah, bah. is there anything in the patch you would like to talk about is there anything in the patch is there anything i wouldn't like to... let's start with the dragon changes now we were talking in the pre-show i didn't realize how long our pre-show was today by the way we better get rolling um no but uh, the dragon changes are pretty significant. Um, so we, we both agree that they should probably try to put some of the gold back into dragon kills. Yeah. Because they've been saying for a while that they that this Rift Guardian plus the uh, plus the dragon, like they're confused about why in pro level play nobody's going to it too soon. And the truth is it's simply really not worth it at that point in the game to go for either one of them. It's too risky to go for the Rift, Rift Herald. Rift Herald is going, right? Yeah, yeah Rift Herald. Too, too risky to go for the Rift Herald. And the Dragon's a little less risky. But, I mean, unless your team's doing a lane swap, it's still not really worth it for that uh, stat bonus. So um, the change was that the all, the other, all one, three, and five stay the same. Five is obviously amazingly good, right? Yeah, but two and four are changing. So four is changing to what was it again? Uh, reduced damage taken from turrets, which is great for turret diving, and we agree would be better early on in the game instead of later, right? Yes. And two is being changed to a burn effect on turrets, which actually is pretty nice for pushing down turrets. We agree. Um, it's, it's, it means that a, a comp with not very good siege can actually like, you know, throw out a couple of, uh, hits on turret and it's, it's a permanent buff basically. So you, you always have that siege potential. Uh, so if you're not running a comp with like a really good, uh, sieging AD carry like Tristana or something like that, and your team's having trouble closing out the game, it's, it's a pretty significant buff. Yeah. Um, but um, I, 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 my suggestion have all of that by half. So nerf the 6% attack damage and ability power bonus. Nerf the um, damage to turrets uh, thing that they added in lieu of the old one. Nerf the 5% movement speed down to 2.5 movement speed. Round it up to 3. I don't care. Uh, nerf the, um, the turret diving damage reduction a little bit, right? I keep 5 the same because I think that's like a late game secondary baron. I like that. And just make it a hundred gold for globally. 
So 500 gold per team that gets it, right? Puts a little bit more pressure on Dragon, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Gives, you know, gives you another win condition every single time you take it. I, I think the lane swap in pro play would pretty much stop dead right there. You have to protect Dragon. You know, it's going to be a huge risk to put your AD carry and support top lane and initiate that swap. And yeah. if they've picked somebody who's good at soloing or doing Dragon early, like a Vi or an Udyr or... Um, uh, I can't do it. I'm trying to think of another one. A Trundle. Uh, really good at it. They're gonna have an edge, and you have to be ready to react to that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I, 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 I like. I, this is a step in the right direction. As as to whether or not it's far enough, I don't really think so. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, anything so, else in the patch notes? I mean, I know you want to talk about the new item. Ah, uh, yeah. Can I talk about it? You can talk about it. Okay, it's called the Dust Blade. It is. It is. Um, let me get the exact stats right now. There we go. Um, Dust Blade of Drakthar. Um, ah, it's, uh, it's another place. Drakthar. Maybe something related to some more lore that we're gonna. Anyway, um, it's supposed to be for assassins. Cal Pet already sees exactly where I'm going with this. Yeah. It's supposed to be for assassins. It is 75 attack damage, 5% uh, movement speed. It builds out of a serrated dirk and a BF sword. Hmm, BF sword. Why would they make it build out of a BF sword if it's for assassins? Assassins only really buy a BF sword if they're going to buy a Infinity Edge late game or a Bloodthirster. Why on earth would they make it build out of a BF sword? Uh, it's unique is your next basic attack. So that's a melee attack or a ranged attack from a nice safe distance now Kyle pet sees exactly where i'm going with this oh i saw on where an, you go i saw where you're going with this for a on while an enemy champion applies nightfall which has a 120 second cooldown which is not by the way moving on to nightfall an activatable effect so nightfall is after two seconds it deals 90 damage flat which is pretty significant on an item with 75 attack damage and 25% of a target's missing, 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 missing health in physical damage. Yeah. If the target dies before yeah. the nightfall goes off, the cooldown is refunded. Now, before you get your chance to come in here and state yeah. why you don't think it's that big of a deal, this is an item that was specifically, allegedly built for assassins. The Two AD assassins that are currently viable in the game, Talon and Zed. Talon far on the fringes of the meta, and Zed has always been hovering around the meta or directly in the meta. Yeah. And it builds from AD Carry's favorite <laughs> raw stat item, has insane attack damage on it already before it's proc. And this is the thing that pisses me off. Your next basic attack on an enemy champion applies Nightfall. Not your next spell, right? Which would yeah. be Zed's Shuriken or something like that. Yeah. Your next basic attack. Who is going to basically attack the enemy more often and more safely in a more strategic position to use the Nightfall proc that's not activatable because, of course, AD carries can 
barely even remember to use their Blade of the Rune King. <laughs> it's yeah, 80 carries. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cough to that. I, I it's, rarely, it's I 80 rarely remember I have things to press. It is 80 carries, and there are 80 carries that are going to be amazing with this item. I, this is my sky is falling moment, by the way. There are 80 carries that are going to be amazing with this thing. There are a lot that are not going to be very good with it. But the ones that are good with this item are going to be incredibly strong. I'm talking about Corky. I'm talking about Lucian. I'm talking about the playmaking of 80 carries that don't need something like this. It should be your next basic melee attack. That keeps it safe on assassins. Akali is an assassin that could use this item. Zedin is an assassin that could use this item. Talon is an assassin that could use this item. Rengar is an assassin that could use this item. Kazix is an assassin that could use this item. What do these five champions have in common, Kyle Pat? They all they have, have gap closers. They all have melee attacks that no, take no, no, no. skill. They have to use, gap closers. Pete. That take skill. You to know use I'm right. They closer. have gap closers. I'm sorry that they're not an 80 carry with their amazing dash disengage while auto attacking like Lucian or one of the other million 80 carries that have it. This item is going to be a problem, and I actually do think it's a big deal. And I think it's funny that it hasn't caught on on Twitch just yet. Quinn with this item, I am imagining, is just going to be a monster in the jungle or top lane. Um, Zed is an auto-ban this uh, patch, by the way. Ban yeah. or first pick? No question. So, that's my little rant on the Duskblade. I do think it's a big deal. I do think the sky is falling. And I'm happy about the item because there's a chance that Assassin Hecarim could come back as a result of it. So, so my thoughts. Yes, please. So, I believe you, you are a little bit, it may see some AV carry play, yes. Some. Some. He says. Some. Both. Some. Pay attention to uh, LCS two weeks from now, okay? <laughs> Please, go uh, on. Uh, also, uh, it's only a week. Oh, right. Sorry. Um, anyway. Week and a half, yeah. My, f do we know if it's enabled to be purchased? By ranged champions. It is. It is? It is. Unquestionably. Because Hydras and Tiamats were not uh, uh, are not able to be purchased. By, no, it is per it is purchasable purchasable by anyone. There is no so, unless, unless uh, I'm missing something huge here. Unless I'm my, missing something huge. That was my first question. So if it is purchasable by AD carries. I'm ninety nine percent certain it is, yes. You have to remember that mm. it's based on the target's missing health. Yes. The bonus damage. Yes. I was thinking about this too, actually. Please. Uh, but please. See, you, see. Have, you have two seconds to apply it. From, two seconds to get them low enough for the boom to go off. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes, there are some AV carries that can burst like that. That quickly. Misfortune, Corky. We also don't. We also. Lucian. We also don't know whether or not it applies on spell attack. It doesn't. It doesn't. Only next basic attack, or yeah. or an attack like um. Uh, Ezreal. I I think Ezreal's Q counts, for example. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could. I'm probably wrong. I'm Ezreal probably wrong. will never be an AD carry that can use this. 
they've 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 redone they've redone things so much that in in terms of the system yes. um yeah but so i could be wrong um the, my counter to this is if it isn't applied by on hits yeah the ad carry basically needs to be able to burst you Almost to death in two seconds. I mean, not almost to death. I'm thinking about this as like a budget anti-tank weapon, basically. Item. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, you get that tank to 60% health with your Misfortune ult and one spell, and then you get into range to auto-attack him, you know, before he ults you or whatever, and two seconds later after he ults you, he's dead. That's like the... Theory craft on paper, what I'm assuming is going to happen. It's not going to do that much damage to a giant tank. I said the sky is falling, Kyle Pet. I didn't I say know. I was being realistic here. Um, yes, because <laughs> if it doesn't kill them, that item and its proc is useless. Yeah. Which is why it's an assassin item. Right. Because the assassins have the Reset. ability and the resources to so solo kill those guys yeah so this this is either insurance mm -hmm. for those that don't have zed's ultimate basically yeah or if you're zed it's just more damage into your ultimate. yeah when your ultimate finally pops which is so why Zed. it's basically yeah. a double zed ult that this... re then resets and you can do it again which is why zed is pretty much 100 percent perma ban or pick this uh, patch in my opinion, anyway. So I'm not completely sure mm -hmm. that how much AD carry use it'll be. I um, am excited about this item, though. I don't disagree that it may see some AD carry use. I, uh, I'd almost guarantee it, especially if the other team doesn't have a straight tank and just has bruisers, right? Yeah. It's a it's a very good budget for item for taking care of bruisers compared to, you know, what Last Whisper used to be, right? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I am excited about it. So I, I feel like, I feel like I've come off fairly negative this, this podcast with the Dominion thing and this item. I'm and excited about hate, this item. Your hate for hockey. Hecarim Assassin, especially from the jungle, maybe could come back. It, it's a very expensive item, but going Warrior into Duskblade, I could see some real burst potential with that ulti and just, you know, boom, right? Auto-attacking right after the ulti, especially on Squishies. Yeah. And uh, if only there was an assassin jungler who's always had exceptionally good clear in the jungle and a global ultimate that allows him to auto-attack immediately after using it, it's on a cooldown of about 120 seconds. <laughs> that hasn't seen very much play because he's better off being built as more of a carry than a tank. And there was an item that would allow him to do both. Build carry early game and then switch to tank late game. If only there was one champion in a game like that. I'm just trying to think, wasn't there one that was released years ago? Back when they released awesome, awesome, um, consistent canon stories for their champions? What no, was his name? No, I don't name? think so. His name was Nocturne. Seriously, this item on Nocturne is going to be amazing, man. You you could I you can either go Devourer or you can go Warrior or you can go Cinder Hulk. Mm -hmm. Build this item second every single time your alt is up. Basically, use it. I 
honestly, with how powerful this item is potentially, even underneath a turret, if you alt in, use uh, your Q, and then an auto attack, I think you can like then flash out under the turret, and you're probably guaranteed to kill against the squishy if they're even remotely close to you know dead, like if they're under 50% health. So yeah. Whereas before Nocturne was kind of like you know he's that's <laughs> kind of been his problem. Great clears. Terrible team fight and uh, terrible uh, uh, mid-game pressure phase, whatever you want to call it. So, anyway, um, I I'd almost hope that AD carries start to use this item just so that um, Riot can uh, nip that in the bud quickly, and we don't run into a black cleaver uh, black cleaver issue. You remember that? So, anyway, um, excitement, hype train. So the rest of this patch, uh, Win Zhao's back in the jungle. Uh, it's great for lower um, lower uh, rank players. Uh, it gives you a second carry with a little bit more skill. Uh, Zin Zhao's got a little bit more skill cap, I would say, than like a Yi or something like that, right? A Master Yi to use. Uh, great changes to Gragas, you saw, right? Um Gragas is great for disengage comps, which coincidentally is exactly what you need to counter assassins taking over. Right? You want to disengage from the fight immediately. Um, I'm excited to play Gragas again in the jungle and not feel like I'm completely gimping my team. Um, a lot of the other changes, yeah, like you said, pretty inconsequential uh, to me. Uh, Graves still on top from everything I've seen. Yeah. on Twitch streams. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to play a game, but pretty much I've watched four jungle streams uh, in between dinner and now. Uh, in between dinner and we started the podcast. And yeah. um, they they all were playing against or as Graves and were saying, yeah, I mean, he's a bit more manageable now, but he's he's still very strong. So uh, that's good. Um, on Overall, like, honestly, this patch, very good, very exciting. Um, it's very exciting. Um, it, I'm... I'm always really impressed by Riot's ability to their pipeline to release patches, you know, um, whether it's a new champion or it's balance changes or whatever, like they, they always do a fantastic job getting it out and getting it out pretty damn quickly. They learned a lot in the first couple of years as a startup. So um, anything about the patch that catches your eye in particular? Not really. Alrighty. What would you like to move on to then, buddy? I mean, I know you want to go over the games mm -hmm. last week. I, with first. hockey and the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. I didn't get a lot of game time. Yep. Game uh, don't worry. Time. Keeping it brief. You can keep it really brief, man. Yeah. So we can keep it real brief. Really, really brief, like in that I basically just want to say Immortals still on their hot streak. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I stumbled into, I don't know how much time we have left, but I think we got time for this. I we have into... all the time we want to have. Of course. I stumbled into a, a Reddit thread today um, where they were talking... Oh, and you know the other topic. I... Sorry, there's going to be a little bit more negativity coming up. If you're a Monte Cristo fan, you might want to stop listening now. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, no, uh, Immortal's still on their hot streak. Um, and uh, the hype train is basically so big in North America now because they're, they're playing such clean, slick games, right? I mean... Um, we have seen Immortals stumble two or three times now, right? Versus yeah. uh, TSM, versus uh, Energy, and uh, I don't 
did they stumble against energy? Because I don't really feel like they stumbled. I'm pretty against sure energy. energy came out of the laning phase ahead, if I recall correctly. No, no, sorry, you're right. That was Team Liquid. Uh, Team Liquid came out of the laning phase against Immortals ahead, a little bit ahead. Um, sorry, so twice then they've stumbled. Um, but they they come together like the old school Cloud Nine with power picks. The thing I love about Immortals, and I cannot hammer this home enough, is their use of fringe picks. And I don't know if you'd agree with me, um, because you didn't get to see that much of this week's games. But in the last couple weeks, you know, the couple weeks that you have managed to see, I mean, you've got to admit, they have some pretty cool fringe picks they can pull out of their pocket. You know? Yeah. Um, sort of like Korean style. So this Reddit thread, um, you know, you got these Debbie Downers that are saying, you know, even though SKT, SKT is basically the same team as last year, except one player got switched out. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, except for one player got switched out and um, SKT, you know, would trounce Immortals in a best of five or whatever, or best of one, whatever. Yeah. SKT would trounce them. That's not the point, folks. If you want to be a Debbie Downer about your own goddamn region, then stop following esports and do the rest of us a favor, okay? And just stop following esports, okay? Because you're bringing us all down. Yes. Or or just stop watching the region that you don't really care about. Right. Yes. Immortals have a lot of work to do before they're up at SKT um, type levels. But you yes. said it yourself. Yes. We're sorry. We're they're not as good as the best team on the planet. But and they said it themselves. But SKT is still essentially the same team as last year, minus one sub. Well, you just said it. They're this. They're the, still the world championship team minus one player. You know, get a hold of yourself, man. Like, so, what Immortals, what e Energy Esports, and um, Echo Fox, and you can argue with me a little bit in regards to them because they do have not the greatest record at the moment, but their primary issue is closing games, which newer teams have trouble with. Yeah. Overall, I think Echo Fox might be one of the best scrim partners to have in North America right now because they play their early and mid game just as well as any of the top tier teams. It's just closing games that they have issue with. Um, you know, the return of Cloud9 coming back up. Impulse actually has some life in them. Um, I'm not going to talk about Dignitas. Team Liquid giving us that hope, you know, like they do every single season. Um the North American region is the healthiest it has been in terms of the the uh, parity between the teams, in my opinion, anyway, it has ever been in. And this is only going to make a stronger region heading into the midseason and heading into next split and ultimately the world championships. Is Immortals today capable of beating SKT? No. Could I see Immortals uh, six months from now? being capable of beating SKT. Yes, absolutely. It's possible if they work hard enough, if they work smart enough, you know, absolutely. So, you know, they need to get off their high horse. Um, last week, uh, one of the games, uh, CLG beat uh, Team Impulse. That was a real sitting on the edge of my seat for me, man. I tell you what. <coughs> um, because it was basically power picks against power picks. And uh, arguably, uh, Impulse had the um, the edgier comp. Um, so I was really worried. Um, 
And then we have Renegades. And this yep. is why all those bandwagoners who are, SKT, SKT, Korea number one, Korea number one. Oh, we love Monty. We love Thorin and Monty. <laughs> this is my shout out to them. This is my shout out to them, okay? Uh, you guys don't know what the hell you're talking about because Monty does have a team in North America. Yes, and, he does. And he's in a pretty highly controlling management position within that team. Something he complained about when he was on CLG as just the lowly coach, that he wasn't able to do what he wanted with that uncoachable team that became the world championships last year. Or, sorry, not world, North American champions last year. Um, I was hoping they were going to become the world champions, of course. Renegades is in last place with Echo Fox. And unlike Echo Fox that has good early and mid games, Renegades has not been able to pull it together even in the early games. And it is solo queue syndrome. I'm calling it what I think it is right now, man. Solo queue syndrome. Crumbs is running from losing lane to losing lane, trying to plug the holes in the sinking ship, and it just loses them the game. Yeah. He needs to focus one lane, Alex Itch, gank that lane ahead, and then split duties with Alex Itch to roam and double gank at the same time and make plays. Um, that's just as a little lowly scrub, but I think my brilliance is generally in the strategic ideation of the game, not so much the mechanical. I think that's what needs to happen with Renegades. Mm -hmm. um, they're desperately trying to switch players in, switch players out, see what's going wrong, and they don't realize that they have the answer on the roster the entire time, which is Alex Itch. you got to play to your team's strengths. They need to make their secondary strategy team solo mid. And I'm not sure if it's Monty's ego that refuses to copy Reg Reginald's TSM style of focusing on mid lane. Yeah. Or if he's just too busy doing whatever he does in Korea to actually come down and, you know, <laughs> coach, <laughs> manage, whatever the hell he's supposed to be doing on that team. But that team is falling apart right now. And I don't blame any of the individual players. It is definitely the management that is messing it up. So... That is my last rant of the night. I that promise. is your last rant of the night. I am so sorry. I have absolutely hogged the mic this podcast, Kyle Pat. It I is have... absolutely no problem, Pete. You've had a yeah. lot to say. I am I am full of rage, as you can see. And um, I'm sorry. It just gets to me, especially this last one, because you know me, you, me and you, part of why we wanted to start the podcast was because we hated what people were saying about our region. Yeah. You know, and, and Monty is definitely high on that list. Monty was right at the top of that list. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's wrong all the time. But, no. you know, when a guy leaves an analyst desk because his teams aren't doing so hot at Worlds and only comes back to say, yeah, I knew we beat uh, at, at the end, yeah, I start to question his, his leadership, uh, why he's even owning a team in North America at all, so... I really like Renegade's logo, and I like a lot of the players on their team. I hope they can pull it together next split. Anyway, let's yes. really talk about... Let's quickly talk about games to look forward to. This up-and-coming week, yes. No Super Bowl, so we should both be pretty locked in. Yes. Um, I mean, I know I have nothing to do on Sunday. Yeah. I'm excited about Energy versus CLG, because I just want to see how my boys do against Energy. Yep. 
but I think the game to look out for on Saturday is actually, and I, please correct me if you disagree with me, and try not to keep your personal preferences, because I said CLG for the first game, but that's not the game. I think the game of the week is going to be C9 versus Liquid, don't you think? Uh, I actually think CLG Energy is going to be the game of the really? week for I mean, day one. You know, CLG are my boys, and I'm really excited about Energy's play style. It's very energetic. Uh, but uh, C9 versus Liquid, we've, we've got we've got two um, kind of older giants that have kind of fallen down a little bit. Yeah. You know, that are very close to each other. I think and Pete, the, Pete, hmm. why do we fall down? So that we can pick ourselves back up. Mr. White. So we, so we can <laughs> learn to pick ourselves back. Ah, that's that's, that's yeah, that's a quote. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I set you up and you couldn't do it. No, of course I can't. Um, I'm terrible with lyrics. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, so uh, Cloud9 versus... I'm actually looking forward, I think, a little bit more to that game. Um, I love to see Rush, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I got to see him uh, stream a couple nights ago. His... Oh, my God. He's got me to completely change the way I view Jungle, by the way. Completely. Who, Rush? Yeah. yeah. His His awareness... His map awareness when he does cheeky things. Um, obviously, his mechanical ability. I can't quite match playing only 20 hours a week or whatever. You know, yeah. less than that even. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to that uh, game. And it's also Dardock versus Rush. It's sort of like the top... Ju- well, okay, two of the top three. Wouldn't you agree with me, junglers, in the region right now? Or do you really think Sven Skarin's up there? Like, I, I, for me, anyway... I think top jungle is is between Rainover, Rush, and Dardock in North America. Yeah. Yeah. Top three, and I, in no particular order. I'm not sure. Like Rush is kind of like that older, you know, kind of right, long in the tooth. Rainover is kind of like the middle guy, you know, and Dardock is kind of like the newbie, you know, coming up, still a little, yeah. still a little greenhorned. And I mean by. Middle guy, you mean has a year of competitive experience? Still more than Dardock. Dardock came yes, from Solo. Yes, it is still more LCS, than LCS, right? Um, but anyway, so um, I'm looking forward to just seeing that jungle matchup and the way the pressure on the map changes depending on who they pick and you know how they how they play that out and ward and such. So, uh, Mortals versus Dignitas is going to be an interesting game. Um, how are you, how are you feeling about, sorry, before we move on to Sunday, how are you feeling about Impulse versus TSM? You got, you got to be a little nervous, eh? Eh. No? No. I mean, Impulse has actually come out and had a couple decent games this season, so. I, I'm hoping this is a very good learning game for TSM. I, I, honestly, you know my love for TSM, you know, my, my main team, definitely CLG. I'm I'm loving Immortals just because their gameplay right now um, and their picks, but TSM has always been kind of secondary to CLG, except for you know a couple of years there where Curse came up because Saint Vicious was on them. Yeah, TSM is a very good team. I I really want to see them do well, so I'm hoping I'm hoping that that's a good learning game for them because Sunday I think we can both agree on the game that is going to be the game of oh. the day of the week of the probably yeah because it's an old school rivalry. Yeah. CLG versus TSM. The rematch. I love when these two teams play. And it's it's uh it's double lift, you know, against his old team. Oh, it's just CLG, gonna be great. CLG won the first meeting. Yeah. 
Stick say, and, can he repeat his performance? You know, is Afro going to carry him? This will kind of be the, and this is a very different TSM team than the one that CLG played week one. You're right. You're right. And that's why I'm telling you, I really hope they pull it out on Saturday because I want this to be a fair fight, man. I don't want, I don't want this to be, you know, them having communication issues again, clearly losing them the game. I want them to really stick it out. Um, man, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. My cheat day is unfortunately Friday to Saturday for my diet, so I cannot have beer to watch this game. I am so disappointed. Should I cheat another day? No, I won't. Yeah, you should. Uh, I might. Or you should move your cheat, cheat, yeah. cheat day. Um, I'm also looking forward to seeing Immortals vs. Cloud9. With how hot Cloud9 is looking right now as a team, um, they might actually have a shot at taking the first uh, uh, win. Wait, is it called taking the first win off? Yeah, taking the first yeah. win off Immortals. So, um, you know, who knows? It's anyone's game, but uh, Immortals is looking pretty hot coming into this too. This week is going to be an exciting week, and it is the official halfway... Sorry, oof. Official halfway mark of the season, to, or the split, right? So, yeah. At five. So, yeah. Um, they're obviously not playing on 6.3, so they're just playing on last patch. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, I think it's just going to come down to power picks and, uh, and the, um, drafting a decent team and playing your comp right. And, sorry, we, I don't know if we have time for this. Oh, we have time for this. Are you not excited about some of the comps? You know, a lot of people are complaining about how stale the, uh, meta is right now. Um, there are a couple things that are, that's kind of stale and remaining, but I've seen a lot of different comps this year, uh, compared to past years where I feel like I'm just watching power picks versus power picks with no real compositional focus. You know, yeah. we see the poke comp versus the disengage comp, the hard engage comp versus the poke comp, you know, like we're seeing very interesting comps this year. I actually have to disagree with people that say we're not seeing any, any diversity, um, pretty, pretty strongly actually. Um, a lot of games might be playing out very similarly just because the teams are, are strategically doing things the same. But uh, it's kind of exciting to see the poke comp come back because, you know, it's been years since that was competitive, right? Mm -hmm. um, anyway, uh, next week, uh, are you hoping for Urgot to come back? No. <laughs> I am. Um Baiting somebody into picking a Zed and then locking in Urgot. I just, I love that, the trollishness of it. So, um, anyway, cool. Uh, throwing it over to you, is there any other League of Legends things that you want to discuss, or do you want to move on over to XCOM 2? Let's talk about some XCOM. Alrighty. Now, I did not like XCOM 1 that much. I did not like hearing about it, but I'm actually kind of enjoying my limited coverage i've seen of xcom too so please yeah. wow me with your amazing game. okay yeah. so i'm not that far in the campaign yet i i'm playing a little bit here a little bit there mm -hmm. uh but i do have a couple of stories so i, I kind of want to share one of them and th these are stories and this is what i love about xcom is there's kind of stories that you create for your squad. And it's why I like. Um, 
customizing your squad to people that you know because mm-hmm. you get attachments to them. You can start to see similarities to them. So one of my so my first squad rolled all girls. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really want to recustomize gender because I'm like, well, the game decided this, so this is what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah. So I decided that you know let's uh let's roll with that. So I created some uh one of the one of the girls is one of my super supervisors and friends from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, little tiny little tiny lady. Uh very firecrackery. Yeah. And so I made her a ranger. And the ranger has a shotgun and a sword. <coughs> and one of her favorite things to say at work. Yeah. Is that she wants to slap a bitch. Mm-hmm. When I've... they do dumb things. I've said stuff like that many times. Nice to see there's somebody else out there who does it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what so she's going out on missions and she's killed some guys and unfortunately she's gotten mind controlled a couple times <laughs> yeah but the bet i think the best part about her getting mind controlled is so you can break the mind control by flashbanging or uh killing the unit that has your unit mind controlled it frees mm-hmm. them so i had didn't have flashbangs yet so I tried to kill them, kill the sec, kill the sectoid that was mind controlling my supervisor. So I go, and there's two rookies on this mission. Yeah. The first one has a shot at the sec, at the sectoid. He misses. Next turn, supervisor run runs over and slaps a bitch and just straight up kills him. Yeah. Kills the rookie. Next turn comes around. Takes a shot, misses, straight up slaps a bitch, kills the other rookie. Hmm. Until finally, my uh, badass sniper, another girl from work, uh, <laughs> manages to kill the sectoid and free my supervisor from uh, completely destroying everybody. And it's turn-based, so this and is all very strategic that you're trying to make sure the piece is in the right place yeah. at the right time. Mm. So it's nice. it's one of those, it's kind of games imitating art. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's just kind of, it's fun. That's just a little story that I wanted to share. Nice. And this obsession with naming your uh, horrible, uh, what do I call them, meat suits to be slaughtered um, after people in real life is, um, is, is one of the most important parts of the game from what I've heard. Yeah, it is. And watching them get horribly mangled and, 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 destroyed and eaten and, and and all sorts of horrible things this is this is common across all XCOM players it is common across almost all XCOM it players. it is 90% of the reason of playing the game yes yeah like like playing Civ 5 and naming your city poop yes yeah 
All right. Cool. Cool, man. Um, so the game, uh, add what you were expecting, like, you know, it was good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. good so far. Yeah. We'll have a, another report on the division in a couple of weeks because they're going into mm-hmm. uh, an open beta. So play nice. a little bit more division before it comes out. And I, I'll I back. saw some, uh, some physics on that on Reddit today. The glass that's... breaking in a way that's very realistic to our world or whatever. There was also someone who posted something on, uh, I want to say it was, tried to post something on some screenshots on the nine gag from a fully, uh, fully souped up PC. Yeah. And basically they were not allowed to post them. Because yeah. they they look doctored, according to Nine Gag, these are not these are not real. Huh. Wow. Yep. Um. Nice. I'm just trying to think. If there's anything else we need to cover? I guess we'll have to do some better planning next uh, <laughs> next podcast. Um. Anyway. Uh, oh, Overwatch beta is back. Sorry, Overwatch beta is back with tons of cosmetic customization options. Yeah, um, it's it's looking really good. I'm a I've got to admit, this is not a sky is falling by the way, but I I'm a little less hyped about it than I was originally. Um, but it's still at its core a very solid. I almost feel like upgrade to TF2. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um. And I'm still very much looking forward to playing it uh, when it comes out. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, the beta's looking hot. Um, I think they're right on track to release uh, on schedule and everything, which is, generally speaking, not a problem with Blizzard. Generally, when they announce a release schedule for, uh, the, you know, the box copy, it does come out on that day. I don't think yeah. they ever really missed that. Um, oh, uh, Hot's news. A little bit. Um, exciting. Um, they're actually uh, doing a patch this week. So that is a very good uh, patching schedule that they have now, if they can if they can keep it up. Eh? Yep. So I think you might have been right with your theory about the holidays and then bringing StarCraft 2 people on because the game was getting a little bit bigger and it needed more people and more attention, right? Yeah. Um, and maybe we're past that and now they're actually... Supporting the game as 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 uh, regularly as uh, MOBA communities tend to expect. So, um, if it's something that honestly, if it's something that Blizzard can take from developing HOTS, if nothing else comes of it, that they take that theory and that pipeline that they've developed, you know, to other games, uh, Blizzard is going to literally own the world in ten years. Yeah. So on their 35th anniversary, uh, the planet will be called BlizzCon, and it will just be Blizzard products 24/7 because that's the only thing that's been holding the back, really. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm honestly, it was definitely like you, devoting more of my time to League right now than to Hots. Um, obviously, you're playing a couple more single-player games and or and sorry, single-player and um, uh, Division than I am. Yeah. But uh but I like I like Hots as well and I just felt it, it deserved a little bit of mention. Um as far as that, I'm not really playing anything else. Uh I don't think there's really anything else on my radar right now. So 
without further ado, where can the folks at home find you? They can find me on Twitter at Kyle Pet two T's. Awesome. Where can they find you, Pete? Uh, you can find me at uh, Brush W Insanity on Twitter. You can find my webcomic uh, website at uh, brushwithinsanity.com. Um, you can find uh, this podcast and previous episodes of the podcast at uh, thefringemeta.wordpress.com. Uh, news on potential changes pending. Uh, and you can email us uh, some hate mail. Honestly, we're not even asking for anything but hate mail at the moment. We just want yeah. two, two, two words. You sucks. Uh, you, like literally the you, and then space bar. You have to hit space bar and then S-U-X. Don't even type the C-K-S. Just, that's it. Just send that to us and we would we will clap with joy uh, to, uh, what is it? Uh, fringemeta at uh, gmail.com. Uh, without uh, further ado, I think that wraps things up. So have a great night.